Robin McVeigh, thank you so much for being with me today on Copy, Code, and Culture. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you. Let's jump right in. And why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your professional background and what you're up to right now. Sure. Well, number one, it's good to see you again. It's been a while. And uh, I'm I'm also thrilled to be here today. Uh, I'm Robin McVeigh. Um, my business career started back in 1983, which I, uh, that even hurts me a little bit to say that because that's over 40 years ago, but I was born and raised in Roanoke, Virginia, went to Virginia Tech. I'm a graduate of Virginia Tech. I started in the insurance business in 1983, stayed there for about 12 or 13 years until I sold my first business, uh, in 1995. And uh, the cool thing about that, uh, which I still love the insurance business, here it is in 2024, I think, right? I'm still getting paid from the insurance business back even back then. So I love the insurance business. We'll talk about that later. But I uh, worked in the ADT world, in the security world for almost 20 years with ADT and a lot of different roles. Love that company. They're a great company. Um I made my way to Nashville, was hired by a company here in Nashville called Wesley Financial Group. And uh, that's where I was fortunate enough to meet this young lady for the first time. And that's a great story in its own right. Um, but the last two, now going on three years, I've been CEO of a company called Credex here in Nashville, Tennessee, that has most of their operations in Colorado. So I spend a lot of time on the road or on Zoom calls. But I also started an insurance firm called Surience, and I own the business. I uh, have a great CEO that runs the business for me, and his name is Russ McBride. I'm involved with the insurance side of it um, daily, really, but he runs the business. And so I was fortunate to find a great CEO, and I've got a great CMO and a few other key staff that run the business where I don't have to fool with it because of my day job. So. so I love that you're talking about not only uh, what you're doing in the world, and, and I know you've always had a heart for insurance, but I know that that's going to lead us into my next key point, which is talking about relationships and building relationships with people. And also you mentioned some great teammates that you have as far as your CEO um, and CMO. So let's talk a little bit about when you first started to recognize the significance of those relationships, whether that's with clients, whether that's with your employees, with team members. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, let me just start by saying this. Um, your company is only as good as your your people, your employees. And, you know, right out of college going into the insurance business, um, I loved it because of the training I received from the very first company that I went to work for in Dallas, Texas, called National Teacher Associates. They really built a culture around taking care of their employees, teaching them constant communication. Uh, and I loved, and I was with them quite a few years and they taught me a lot. Matter of fact, the first real manager I ever had was a gentleman by the name of Jim Cuddyback. And Jim is still my best friend today. Uh, I think he's about 98 years old or something. I, he'll, he'll probably listen to this, but he's, uh, he, I think he's in his seventies because I'm 62 and I was always the young one, but this Jim Cuddyback taught me so much about just dealing with people, dealing with employees, dealing with your customers. So, you know, I really owe a lot of my success back to my very first mentor, Jim Cuddyback. And big shout out to Jim in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Let's talk about being human while you're meeting people. And this is going to take us into a fun story of when you and I first met. 
because I had come out of uh, incredibly chaotic, wild background, uh, professional background and showed up and met you when I was interviewing for a position. And um, I love hearing you tell the story. Well, <laughs> so we were in the process of continuing to grow the business. When I first started there, I think we had 25 employees. And what number were you? Do you still remember? It was under 40. So I think I might've been like, I might've been, I don't remember, but it was in that 25 range. Cause I, I do remember when you came in, I, you know, I was looking at your resume going, this doesn't quite fit right because I'm looking at your resume, all of the, the jobs that you had and, and then sitting down talking to you, I realized very quickly that I was not doing the interviewing. You were doing the interviewing. So, uh, which is fine, which that I really like that about you anyway. So after I guess I passed the interview, you uh, agreed to come on board and we had such a great, you know, working relationship and just, you know, I valued what you did so much because you were such a big part of the success we had in, at Wesley. And next thing you know, we took a small company uh, with a lot of great people, you know, um, and built it up to 500 employees and well over a hundred million dollars in revenue for, for the year, the last year I was there. So, um, but you know, I still laugh when I think about you in that interview, but it worked out for the best. So. It did. And it's something about, you know, when you are showing up to an interview, I had been on quite a journey myself already so that by, I had learned how to perform and be the perfect candidate. And by the time I got to you, I sat down in a chair and I'm like, listen, <laughs> you're going to know within the first few minutes if you like me or not. So please just don't waste my time. I'm not going to waste your time. And I did a lot of, I asked a lot of questions. I come from an HR background and I wanted to know that it was some place that I really wanted to invest my time and what type of leader you were going to be. And you put up with it. And so we were about, I think almost three and a half, four years together doing a lot of good work. But I, I think that that just goes to show culture, leadership, being human, being able to sit down with people. And I've seen you in front of big groups. I've seen you um, we were in Fortune Magazine together, so I've seen you be interviewed, and I've also seen you behind the scenes in the boardroom and how you carry that character with you. You carry your integrity with you and all the things that you do. So let's talk about culture and leadership and what your philosophies are around creating a healthy culture, um, trusting your employees. And, and I know you used to say a lot that, you know, that uh, you just hire good people and you let them do what they, what they do. So talk to me about that. Well, I think culture really starts the day you're interviewing someone. They they have to get a feel for who you are, what kind of company you, you represent, and the company you're building. Um, you know, I've always believed if you find great people, give them, you know, let them understand the mission. Let them understand where we're trying to get go to, but then let them go. You know, I want, you know, great people to come in and not be afraid to say what's on their mind and not be afraid to make suggestions for getting ridiculed or made fun of or whatever. So I've just tried to, and just empower employees just to do, do their best. I think the other part of that is just communication. I learned this a long time ago in the first companies I built was it has to have great communication. And I've always believed in that communication is daily because I don't want to find out at the end of the week or two weeks or the, or the next month, 
if you got a major challenge in your business or your life that needs to be addressed, I want to know about it immediately. I want to find out about it so we can address it. And many times that's what we did. If you remember, you know, we had an executive meeting every single day and we talked through it, whether it's legal or sales or marketing or whatever it may be, we, we dealt with the issue daily and we solved it and moved on. So the other thing, you know, is accountability. I think people, um, accountability is not a bad thing. Accountability, if it's done right, if you're really trying to improve, you know, the employees, really trying to improve where they're headed, it's it's an important thing. And um, I don't know if you remember this, April, but one of the great things I loved doing was sitting down with the employees. And when we got so big, it was hard to do that. But I wanted to know their goals. You know, I'm all about having you know goals in your life goals to achieve and your employees having great goals because if they they're and, and it could be goals for their families i'm not, not talking just about business goals i'm talking about individual goals i think that's just as important as well yeah i always thought that was such an honorable thing it was around the new year it's when we were getting super busy and yeah. you would take on those one-on-one -on -one conversations and they would spread across your calendar for months because people wanted to sit down with a president and have a conversation about goals. Let's talk about, uh, let's let's lean into your sales expertise because I know you've got a, a, quite an extensive background in sales. What do you think, or in your own experience, has led to successful business development and sales for you among the different companies that you've been a part of? Well, from the sales perspective, people don't like to be sold. They really don't. And, you know, I've always believed in just tell people the truth, tell people the facts. And, you know, if they feel like on the other end of the, the equation, whatever that may be, whether that's on the phone or a one-on-one -on -one conversation, if they feel like you're not selling them and that you really care about them and you're trying to solve a challenge that's in their life, then, you, you know, things will take care of themselves. The sale will go through, the relationship will go through, the contract will work. Um, I get, you know, I love you know, talking to salespeople, I still do today. And, you know, a lot of times I'm, I mess with them a little bit, but, you know, I, I you can, you can just tell the, the people that are genuine typically, and you, and the people that are there just to make a buck, they go from one job to the next. They really don't stay. They don't really become part of a great culture and they just keep moving on. If you're in it for the buck and that's your number one thing, it's not going to work in my opinion. I know you used to quote, um, and I can't remember who it is right now, but you said it's some, you, I heard you say it so many times. If you help enough people get what they want, that you'll yeah. get what you want. Is that the the quote that you used to say? I used to all the time. If you get, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Absolutely. Yes. So it really comes down to fostering those relationships and meeting people where they are, because in, in all of my experience with you, and I know you've had a very successful sales career but you have never struck me as a sales guy and you've led great sales teams and you're still doing that to this day. Um, what advice do you have for sales professionals or business leaders who are looking to prioritize and enhance those client relationships and or employee relationships um, beyond the buck? Well, a couple of things, you know, and I mentioned this earlier, I, I would make sure that, you're, you've got an incredible training program at your your company set up that you're, you know, on your ongoing training. And like even today, 
you know, the ripe old age of 62, I, I read every night now. And that's one of the things I didn't do when I was young. I wish I would have read more because I'm constantly, constantly trying to get better, you know, and I, I look at whether it's, you know, business or my marriage, you know, we're always trying to figure out a way, you know, Laura and I've been married now 20, soon to be 28 years. And which is, you know, amazing to me. It just seems like yesterday, but um, we're always trying to figure out ways to improve things. So I think if you're always looking for ways to improve your marriage, your business, your relationship, your friendships, to be a better husband, fathers, you know, whatever that may be, as long as you're trying to improve, things will get better. Speaking of Laura, shout out Laura McVeigh. Let's talk yeah. about this painting behind you. Well, <laughs> you don't believe I did that, obviously. <laughs> So this one's called Seaside. My wife's a very talented painter. Um, you know, last year was an incredible year for our family in terms of just, you know, we went through quite a bit in a short period of time. We found out Laura was diagnosed with cancer uh, actually a year ago. And so, you know, that battle was a challenging one. But thank God that um, we, we got through, she got through it. And she's cancer-free. And then right after she got the, the cancer-free diagnosis, her father of 94 years uh, was on, you know, passing away. So she went from that to, you know, taking care of her dad. But it's, I can't tell you how proud I am of her and what she's done. And, you know, I definitely got very lucky 28 years ago when I married that young lady. So, she, anyway. she is phenomenal. Thank you for going into that. Um, I, 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 that's what we want our viewers and listeners to be able to hear and connect to the human element of who we are. Um, I will link her. She has a website, right? Yeah. I'll link her website in this. Cause I want people to be able to look at her art if they're interested in that. And tell us about what you've got going on as we get ready to close out what's going on in your world. Tell us about your business ventures and anything that you'd like to share. Um, if that's happening in your world. Well, one of the cool things I've been able to do recently over the last couple of years is get to know Joe Namath and um, his agent, Jimmy Walsh. Uh, so Joe Namath is a, uh, a partner of ours in one of our businesses with uh, Broadway Joe's Pain Relief Cream. So we developed that product with, with Joe. Uh, got the chance to get to know him. He uh, is an amazing man, number one, and, and had an amazing life. I spend most of my time with his agent. His name is Jimmy Walsh. And Jimmy's 80, 81, I believe. And as sharp as a tact and doesn't miss a thing. So we just renegotiated the deal with, with uh, Joe Namath. And we're, we're actually going to a big event in Key West in March to celebrate the new contract. Um, he's got also, that Nemanco team are going to be involved with us in, in golf centers all over the country. So in addition to the pain relief cream. So that's been cool just to get to know him. Um, the insurance side, we are heavily involved in a new project out of California. I've been, I was in San Francisco last week for the week. Uh, and it's basically a long-term care initiative uh, that's rolling out. Washington state was the first state that uh, did this. And basically what's happening is these states are going to tax people unless they have some type of long-term care program in place. 
uh, they're, they're going to count it as a tax. You can't opt out. So we're on the forefront of that fight, and that's going to be continuing to roll out state by state. So we're that's really what the insurance firm that I own, Insurance, is is all about right now is is in that long term care uh, initiative. So, but that's been fun. Um, you know, I've had a lot of people say, you know, when are you going to re retire? And I'm like, never. Because I, you know, I, I April, I love working with people. I love building things, building companies. It's, it's not easy. You know, uh, you have to just keep fighting the battles and it's never easy. If people tell you it's easy, it's not. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, I love, I love growing things. I love watching people come into a business and just watch them grow and build and make more money and enjoy themselves. And, you know, that's the positives, but there's also people that I've learned over the years, you just want to stay away from completely. Uh, if you've got employees in your company that can constantly starting drama, move them out because they will hurt you more than you'll ever know. Look for those people that have that glass half full mentality that want to help people. And if you find those people, then you're going to be fine. That company will be successful and you will grow and it'll be a good thing. And those are wise words spoken from somebody who has had multiple levels of success. And I can attest to being a person that has shown up in a place and got to grow and expand and build my own career with great leadership. So thank you so much, Robin, for your time today. It's always a pleasure to see you. I will link everything that you've got going on in our description box for people to be able to check out what's going on in your world. And thank you once again. Thank you, April. So good to see you.